0: Your hosts, Brian Fry, Chad Robinson, and Russell Guest. Coming now to Headphones in Your Ears. Hello, all you lords, ladies, and knights of the Retro Movie Roundtable. Welcome to the show where we watch movies and then talk about them. Today, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Chad Robinson. Chad, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Hello, everybody. And I'm also excited. Do you know why I'm excited, Chad? Why is that, Russell? First time guest new to the show. Woo! And that first-time guest is Cassie Johnson from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Russell. It's good to be here.
0: Uh, well, that is, it is great to be here <laughs> because <that's
2: laughs> we are all in one central location, which is always nice.
0: It is. That's that's actually rare for this show. Yeah. Really? Yeah. We've been oh. international We've done international yeah. shows before. We've we've done India shows. So. Oh. Yeah. Where are you from, and what is it you do for a living? I already told. We were told was from Pittsburgh. Well, oh so, yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh, yeah. but. If we
1: get more into it, Bridgeville, a uh, suburb of Pittsburgh. And then I uh, work at an architecture firm as an interior designer. That's, that's right.
0: Where that's where I met you. In yeah. designing interiors.
1: <laughs> in that architecture world of
0: ours. That's right. So when you're not designing gigantic, huge mega malls in Dubai, interior-wise, uh, <laughs> what is the last movie you saw?
1: Uh, in the theaters, uh, the new Lion King movie. Did you guys see that?
0: The live action one?
1: Yeah, the live action one.
0: How is that?
1: Oh, it was good. I tell you what, the cinematography, like it looks so realistic. It's insane. The only thing that I would say that was disappointing is that it's a cartoon, so you couldn't get the emotions yeah. that you do from animals. Like, animals don't have an emotion. So when is dying... Simba's just like a like no motion whatsoever because they didn't have tears or spoiler. anything. Spoiler,
0: it's all right. Oh yeah, spoiler for
1: all of you that have never seen Lion King. I don't know what that Shame would on all of you that have not seen it yet.
0: Yeah, no,
2: <laughs> no, Jeremy and Irons, no, no deal for me. I just Scar's my favorite. So. Is the music
0: still good though?
1: Oh, music's great. They have a couple new songs or like new songs. New, yeah. Did
0: Elton John put his stamp on this? <laughs> he, did, he did not. He just came out and said no. he hated it. Oh. Did he really? Yeah. He oh, said he was 100? very disappointed. Oh. call him up again he's still doing his thing yeah
1: did you see it did you see I it I haven't no? seen it yet, yet. I look the, to uh, it. the scar in it is pretty cool looking yeah. They make them look pretty ragged. And-
0: I can't keep up with the Disney live-action remakes. I've seen some of them, and I like what I've seen. love Beauty and the Beast. I, oh. I enjoyed Dumbo. Actually, I'm not a huge original Dumbo fan, so I prefer the live-action one, mm-hmm. even in that case. But I just cannot keep up with them. they just releasing them too fast. I'm not on a Marvel movie pace with live-action <laughs> Disney remakes. I, I can't, That's a good way to put it. <laughs> I can't do three of these a year, yeah. so slow down, Disney. <laughs> No (laughs) Chad what was the last movie you just saw Or last movie you saw Zombieland 2 Double Tap
2: Oh how was that I loved it as a fan of the original Like the originals up there on my comedy horrors This one was worthy I really enjoyed it They did a lot of new things They had some horrifying scenes So definitely recommend hitting that one up
0: Great as for me, I've been dealing with Baby man to be honest with you I, I, I'm trying to think of the last movie of this all that wasn't for this podcast, but it was all of them have been for the podcast movie here lately. so uh, <laughs> it was technically dragged me to hell so I wasn't on that episode but I, I did watch it and I had fun with it. so sure. yeah. So Cassie, what is your first movie theater memory?
1: Um, it was a third grade birthday party. I was trying to think if I could think of anything earlier than that. But that was it. It was a third grade birthday party and we were seeing Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Was, wait, you just <laughs> went right into the middle of it? Like, because you, had you seen the originals? Like the, the ones before that one? Because that's the uh, third movie.
1: No. Um, I don't I think I started to get into Harry Potter when I was, I wasn't old enough to read the books. Like I couldn't make the words yet. Yeah. Or read, like, so I didn't get into the movies or anything for a while. And I don't even think I was into it then which i'm a huge harry potter fan now so it's just crazy to think that that was the first memory and i really had i didn't care that that's what we were seeing i was there because all my friends were there and we were gonna have a good time i didn't care what movie it was and looking back i'm like oh my gosh why didn't i like
0: so I was right there did it when how long did it take you to go back and pick up the first two movies
1: oh a long time um gosh i don't even know when i started probably probably maybe like two i I saw the 4th movie in theaters. So I think after the 4th movie is when I started picking up the books. Okay. So I definitely had read all of the books up to date before the 5th movie.
0: That's a really interesting way to get into a series for like kind of coming into it from the middle.
1: It actually it wasn't even like movie related when I was little. I was looking at a Toys R Us magazine which no longer exists mm-hmm. and there was a Lego Harry Potter castle and I thought it was so cool. And I wanted it, and I was like, oh, I should see what this is actually from. Find out more about God. that.
2: Yep. I feel exceptionally old in this
0: conversation.
1: <laughs> Third
2: grade Harry Potter movie, what? Yeah. That was well, was so George,
0: George Lucas did, did this for us, though. He introduced us to the middle of his series first with Star Wars. He's like, here's four, five, and six first, guys. So uh, you have a Star Wars experience for Harry Potter, which is unusual. Yeah. So what is your favorite actress of all time? Sandra Bullock. Good choice.
1: I liked her before she was famous, and everyone's like, Sandra Bullock.
0: So, like, Speed? Speed
1: Speed. was the first one, and yeah. it wasn't even in theaters or anything. It was the TV version. So, <laughs> so it had, like, none of the swear words. Okay. You know, all of the scenes that are very gruesome were not in it. I was probably, like, 12 or 13, probably, like, way younger than I was supposed to be watching.
0: She's it. up on my list. Yeah, because I think she can do a number of things well. I I actually yeah. enjoyed her in the Heat a lot, where she like I was surprised to see her like in a comedy because I was worried for her because I like her. I was like, I don't think goofy comedy is your thing, Sandra Bullock, but she, Miss Congeniality she, was yeah, good. Miss I actually Miss
1: Congeniality haven't seen that one. was ah, oh,
0: Russell. We should yeah. fix that. Yeah, it was good.
1: That'll be my episode, too. Even the terrible one. <laughs> <It was> congeniality <laughs> with Russell.
2: The terrible <laughs> one with Ryan Reynolds, the proposal. Sarah made me see that, and it still works. Like, she's she's still, still fun.
0: The only Sandra Bullock movie we've done thus far is Demolition Man on the show. Okay. Really?
1: Yeah. Have you ever seen uh, While You Were Sleeping?
0: No. I've still that
1: seen it. That was before Speed. It was like one of her earlier movies. So you really got on board early then. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of saw Speed went backwards and then caught up. Hmm. But it's good. Total chick flick. You might
0: not like it. <laughs> I like all movies, I think. Okay. Like all ty- all kinds of movies. So uh, I'll, I'll go there. And what is a movie that you liked when from when you were younger, but came back and realized it didn't hold up like you thought it would?
1: Speed 2. <laughs> <laughs> Speed 2. Cruise control. <laughs> Definitely Speed 2. I totally just watched it because Sandra Bullock was in it. Looking back, that was just so so bad it was really bad
0: <laughs> that's fair yeah oh my gosh. I, I don't know speed didn't need a sequel I, it I don't didn't
1: <laughs> it didn't
0: so uh chad i'm gonna ask you the same question because i don't think i've ever asked you this one before is there a movie from when you were young that you came back to and it was like coming into a giant room when you were a child and then you realize that room's not big at all when you come back into it <laughs> as an adult this is a hot topic
2: that's been discussed a lot But I am going to take down the third Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the one where they go back to ancient Japan. I watched that again when I was 34, (laughs) having never seen it since the original. Yep. Oh my goodness. I called my parents and I was like, hey... Thank you for taking me to
0: this. And also, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is bad radio because my, I would say, oh, I'm going to apply it to all three of the Turtles yeah. original you're, movies. You're like
2: still th- wrong on the first two, but that third one, oh wow. Just, yeah, I'm sorry, Mom and Dad.
0: Yeah. My parents even took me to the, like the live like Turtles in Action, like yes. like at the Civic Center, like yes. where they like dance and like they've got like music and then like lip sync and dance in front of them. I'm pretty sure if the movies were this, then that had to be excruciating. <laughs> Imagine Disney on ice without the ice. That's what this was.
1: <laughs>
0: it's fun. <laughs> so, what movie are we doing today, Cassie?
1: We're doing Rat Race.
0: Rat Race is from the year 2001. It was made for a Estimated budget of 48 million. It grosses $56 million. It is going to place at 44 in the box office this year. I'd like to see it be higher than that, but that's okay. Uh, Moulin Rouge places ahead of it, and behind it is A Knight's Tale. That's a polarizing movie for Mary and I. She loves it, I don't. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And uh, the number one movie that year, speaking of Harry Potter, was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, IMDb gives Rat Race a 6.4, and Rotten Tomatoes critics. I think they've got an issue here. That this has to be a mistake. 43%, and the audience score gives it a 64%. Cassie, these these ratings are a little bit on the low side for some of the movies that we've done on the show. Are these fair, or are they missing something?
1: I was really surprised by them. I had never looked up the ratings for this until I was coming on this, and when I saw them, I was like, why didn't they like it? I tried looking up some, and it just didn't, it just didn't make sense what they were missing.
2: Yeah, it's a charming movie. I was a little caught off guard like i expected 70 or maybe even 80 percent, and nope 40s
1: comedy
0: is a divisive uh genre i find over certain things like action i feel like it's a broader like that's good action to everybody but comedy is a subjective thing so i always find comedies do come away with a lower rating than sometimes they deserve but this one is another really? level, listen uh, is another level to explain.
1: Yeah, I thought it was at least going to break 50%. I thought it was going to be above that, and I was pretty surprised.
0: So what was your first experience with Rat Race?
1: Um, I was in high school, and we used to go to a neighbor's house for game nights, and they were telling us about this movie. It's like, Rat Race, you got to see it, you got to see it and it turned into where we stayed after game night and just watched the movie, and that was my first experience with it.
0: <laughs> so everybody's laughing and having a good time, right? Yeah,
1: pretty much. It was um, it was like me and my parents and my parents' friends, and Halo was big at the time, so all the boys were like down in the basement <laughs> playing Halo, yeah, yeah. and I didn't want anything to do with it. And I, I suck like, at Halo,
0: so I, I probably would just... <laughs> choose Rat Rays. You'd Raising. have been up
1: there watching Rat Rays with me.
0: Halo but... was the point of video games where I realized I'm not serious enough to continue playing with everybody else. Like like GoldenEye back in the day, I was good with, but then when it got to Halo, I was just like, I don't know if it was I was in college at the time, but like I wasn't able to keep up the practice because I was just like, I'm getting eviscerated here. I'm, I can't play these games anymore.
1: <laughs> I was always a PlayStation person and it was on Xbox, and I was horrible at the Xbox controller. They were awful
0: controllers. They were
1: the size of them.
2: The toaster. The Duke. You have small heads. I know. Why would you like this awful, huge brick of a controller?
1: Okay, so I'm not the only one that doesn't... I still don't really care for it. Brian
2: and John are crying right now. Well,
0: they've gotten gotten better as they've made different Xboxes, but the first Xbox controller was just abysmal. I love the Duke. (laughs) Anyway, so, uh, Cassie... How long had it been since you'd seen Race and what was it like coming back to it now?
1: It's always my go-to movie to show friends if it's, you know, a movie night or whatever. So maybe a couple years ago was the last time I watched it. And it might have been with my roommate. I think I was showing her it. She had never seen it before, but I did. I watched it recently this weekend and it's great i just it always holds up for me so
0: good rewatch value
1: yeah it's one of those movies though that i wish i could rewatch it again without having any knowledge of what happens because that first time watching it is just so great it really is like this magical (laughs) moment where you just it gets better and better and i wish i could get that back
0: (laughs) i'm with you i'm with you uh chad what about you what was your first time with rat race I saw
2: it in theaters, which was a great time. Like Cassie's saying, just that first time you get to experience it with other people that haven't experienced it. Oh, man, it's great. Just it caught me so off guard. I went to see it. Cause I was like, I love Seth Green. He's in this movie. I'm going to go see it. And I was rewarded handsomely.
0: This is one of those great instances of not looking up previews if you know uh, like in just getting caught by a movie my parents picked this movie out and they took me and a friend of mine from high school and we were just like let's go to a movie and we didn't really see anything in at that point that we were like spoke to us so we're like sure why not this it's at the right time Uh, and man were we pleasantly surprised everybody was laughing in the theater and I laughed so hard as I've mentioned in a previous podcast this is probably the hardest in any movie I've ever laughed my sides actually I felt it in my sides, and I even teared up a little bit. Uh, and I'll tell you about what some of those moments were later, but I didn't see this coming, and I didn't know what to expect because it was an odd mush mishmash of stars, but none of them were I, were, I wasn't like going like, let's go in for a gut-busting comedy here. <laughs> but I own this movie, and I've come back to it regularly, and like Cassie, I've shown it to a lot of people. And this is why the ratings really confuse me. I, everybody I show it to generally seems to like it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Even yeah. nothing else above average yeah. ratings, and usually above
1: a fifty percent.
0: Definitely. <laughs> so, as we move forward, though, there are going to be spoilers that lie ahead. So, if you have not seen the movie Rat Race, go back watch it, then come back and enjoy the rest of this podcast. Or, if you don't mind spoilers, stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Ken creeps here, to ask, Do you want to save time in the kitchen? Of course you do. Well then, we have the perfect thing for you. It's the Retro Movie Roundtable Podcast. It slices, dices, juices, purees, poaches, fries, boils, broils, broils, tenderizes, vacuum seals, self-cleans, and shares the experiences of great movies. It even has a flan setting. Too good to be true? Well, it is. How does it work? Simply put it in your ears while working in the kitchen, and your cooking experiences will be dramatically improved. Yes, it's that simple. To order more Retro Movie Roundtable for your household, go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or any other place where you get your podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review, and comment on the show. Tell them how to make the show better, if that's even possible. Compare it to other kitchen devices by giving the show a like on Facebook and writing the show at RetroMovieRoundtable at Yahoo.com. Act now, and for a limited time, we will give you two episodes of Retro Movie Roundtable for the price of one. It's that easy. What are you waiting for? The Retro Movie Roundtable is not a kitchen device and does not do most of the previously mentioned tasks. There is not a flaw in setting, but there is a great listen while you're working in the kitchen and will improve your cooking experiences. Do not let this offer pass you by. The Retro Movie Roundtable makes a great gift for your friends, family, or that weird quiet guy at the office. Do not delay. Act now. Retro Movie Roundtable. So we're back, and if you haven't seen Rat Race, this is your final warning. There are spoilers that lie ahead. But Cassie, for those of you who haven't seen Rat Race since the year 2001 and want a refresher, what happens in Rat Race?
1: All right. So uh, Donald Sinclair, the eccentric owner of the Venetian Resort Hotel Casino in Las Vegas, devises a new game to entertain the high rollers who visit his hotel. Six special tokens are placed in the casino's slot machines and the winners are gathered together and told that $2 million in cash is hidden in a duffel bag in a train station locker in Silver City, New Mexico. Each team is given a key to the locker and told to race across a desert to the train station and claim the money. Unbeknownst to the competitors, St. Clair's wealthy patrons are placing bets on who they think will win the race. One by one, each team starts to sneak away, playing it off as if they don't want to go for it. But everyone catches on, and it leads to this hilarious scene of all of the contestants scrambling and falling down a stairwell within the casino, attempting to take the lead. And that's when the true race begins. Two scheming siblings, Dwayne and Blaine, which Blaine, the entire movie, talks indecipherably because of a newly pierced tongue that he did himself. (laughs) (laughs) When they are unable to catch a plane, they manage to inadvertently destroy an airport radar with their Ford Bronco, thus preventing any of the teams from flying to the finish line. They decide to split up and double their chances of winning. While at a hardware store making a copy of the key, the locksmith overhears their plans and then makes off with a key and tries to escape in a hot air balloon. Dwayne and Blaine catch up to them, leaving the locksmith and a stray dairy cow hanging from the balloon's anchor rope. Once back on track, the brothers accidentally drive their car off the road after being distracted by two good-looking ladies in the car next to them. They crash into a fence, which ends up being a monster truck show on the other side... Uh, And they narrowly escape. Of course, they steal a monster truck and drive that to the finish line. So our second team is an estranged mother who is reunited with her daughter the very same day as the race. While driving to Silver City, they get lost and end up crashing their car to malicious road directions given to them by a crazed squirrel saleswoman. They stumble upon an event in the desert where they are trying to break the land speed world record with a new rocket car. The two steal the rocket car and reach Mach 1 speed, shooting across the desert. They stumble dizzily out of the rocket car and straight onto a bus full of mental patients, which eventually drives towards Silver City. Our third racer is an NFL referee named Owen, who is hated for making a bonehead call on the coin toss for a football game. He hails a cab to drive him to Silver City, However, it turns out the cab driver lost $20,000 on a bet because of this bad call. So as payback, he drives Owen out to the desert and leaves him there. Owen makes his way through the desert and finds a bus station where he disguises himself as a bus driver and steals a coach bus that turns out to be filled with Lucy impersonators on their way to an I Love Lucy convention. Whee! <laughs> Just outside Silver City, the bus hits the cow that was dangling from the hot air balloon, causes them to swerve off the road and get a flat tire. Fourth contestant is a Jewish family man named Randy Pear on a family vacation who joins the race without telling his wife why they are rushing across the country. When his daughter insists on stopping at a Barbie museum, it is without realization that it's actually the Klaus Barbie Nazi Museum. After Dwayne and Blaine vandalize their car engine while at the museum, the pairs decide to steal Adolf Hitler's car. Randy accidentally insults a biker gang who attacks the car, causing the pairs to crash into a meeting for World War II veterans. Randy ends up drugging his family who wish to stop the race after all the chaos they go through. He puts them all into a semi-tractor truck and reaches Silver City that way. Fifth contestant, a narcoleptic Italian named Enrico Pellini, falls asleep at the start of the race, but awakens hours later. He receives a lift from an ambulance driver, Zach Malazzi, who is delivering a transplant heart to El Paso. Zach wants to show off the heart, but this results in it bouncing out of of the window. Zach considers moving Enrico's heart, uh, replacing it with the first one, but then Enrico uh, flees onto a passing train. The final race member is a straight-laced future lawyer who refuses to participate until he meets helicopter pilot Tracy Fawcett, who, unlike others at the airport, is still able to fly using her non-fixed-wing helicopter. They pass over Tracy's boyfriend's house, but spot him with his ex-girlfriend, enraging Tracy to the point that she chases him down the street with her helicopter. It stalls out, crashes, and... And then Nick and her steal the boyfriend's truck and they drive that to the finish line. While all of this is going on, all of those separate storylines, we go back to Donald St. Clair, who started the whole thing with him and his gambler buddies who will literally gamble on anything. There are multiple scenes of them doing all kinds of ridiculous bets. One of the best ones is probably uh, when St. Clair's bland right-hand man, Mr. Grisham, can persuade a girl to do whatever they can do. Um, (laughs) uh, Even uh, when they board a private jet to the finish line, Sinclair will bet on which passenger in turbulent conditions will vomit first. All of the racers reunite in Silver City, most running side-by-side on foot towards the station. The other contestants fight to get their key into the lock and open the locker and the money is gone. We find out Mr. Grisham, the assistant, and the call girl, Vicky, has stolen the money bag. They lose it when the locksmith flying, uh, flies by and ties it to the hot air balloon. However, the locksmith falls out of the balloon, and the money's just flying aimlessly tied to this balloon. The racers follow the balloon until it lands at an outdoor charity concert hosted by Smash Mouth. All are persuaded to give the money to charity, some willingly, some reluctantly. Nick forces a horrified Sinclair and his patrons to match the amount raised, which is shown increasing at an alarming rate. The film ends with the stars dancing and singing with Smash Mouth to his hit song All Star and then leaping off the stage and crowd surfing in the audience.
0: Everybody lives happily ever after. Except for the high
2: rollers.
1: Except for the high rollers. (laughs) They're
2: billionaires, they're fine.
0: (laughs) So, this is a really interesting movie and by the way you've sorted it out brilliantly this movie weaves a ton between them oh my
1: gosh it's it's literally like seven different stories that all meet up at the end
0: it's it's interesting i've never actually pulled them apart like you just did so that was kind of neat to see it organized but when you're watching it 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 feels like they're coming at you (laughs) and just you know one after another so of these storylines the
2: hits keep coming they get the ground running
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) yes perfect didn't make sense not to live for fun your brain gets smart but your head gets dumb.
2: You're welcome, Smash Mouth, for the free publicity. They need it.
0: (laughs) So, uh, of these stories, lines, which is your favorite uh, Chad? Uh, John Lovitz.
2: I think he's my favorite just because he's such a scumbag. (laughs) I mean, from making his daughter poop out the window (laughs) to, you know, he's... Can't stop. he, he, (laughs) He steals Hitler's car as a jew but then he's like hitler really had good taste he had great style he's kind of enjoying hitler's look car. at this craftsmanship you yeah. don't see that anymore <laughs> he drugs his family as cassie addressed so yeah the, and just the <laughs> and world he just war. told his
0: son he couldn't drive a volkswagen because yeah.
2: nazis make it <laughs> yeah and just the shocked face on the world war Two veterans when he walks in and just starts doing the Hitler speech and shouting because his <laughs> tongue's burnt and just doing the Heil Hitler salute by accident and flicking them off. I just... That gets me every time.
0: Cassie, what about you? Is there a storyline in this that you like the most?
1: Oh, that's probably my favorite too. But to, I probably my other favorite one is definitely the brothers, yes. um, Dwayne and Blaine, Blaine, which I didn't even know that was their names, whatever. <laughs> I didn't know that it was Dwayne and Blaine and just the whole idea of that he talks the whole time with this tongue ring that his tongue's all swollen up and towards the end of the movie you can actually understand what he's saying and i think like the best part is when they're talking about the locker number the zero zero one and he's like he wrote he wrote because he can't because <laughs> he can't say it he's sleeping he's <laughs> sleeping <laughs> like those are the best one-liners in this movie
0: I like him right, right off the bat you meet him and uh, John Lovitz's character looks over to him and is like oh my god <laughs> I would sue somebody over that <laughs> and like, the guy is like yeah. what would he say? he, he did, did it himself,
2: himself. <laughs> but yeah yeah they're setting up the glass for for uh, Blaine to <laughs> fall on and someone else winds up tripping over it
0: for me it's interesting I've changed my mind on this as i've watched it so many times over the years because uh, and that shows its rewatch ability because you know the first time i watched it i probably liked the love it's one the most like you guys but then i definitely have gone through a day or two where i just like the lucy buses mm. and just stealing the bus driver's outfit and getting stuck in the desert from uh oh and the referees uh run through there and I do like the rocket car, like the absurdity of like <laughs> going on to the rocket car. Like so, I love Whoopi uh, from just and uh, I, I just like Whoopi so yeah. much. So her run into the story uh, and the Squirrel Lady being Kathy Bates and yes. stuff. So I have a harder time picking my favorite on this one. It's changed over the time. If I, if I had to say, there's only one that may have never have been, and that might have been Nick and Tracy on on their run. Yeah, yeah, I but think, it's still
2: good. I think he's meant to be the more bland person, anyways.
0: Yes, but she's not bland.
2: No, no, no she's no, she's crazy.
0: A little bit, <laughs> a little bit. So, the high rollers. Uh, if you were a high roller yourself, what would what kind of wacky bet would you want to put? I'm thinking maybe get onto a bus, lay a spink bomb, put a gas mask on, and see who gets off the bus last. <laughs>
2: I've been involved in a bunch of those. You've been
0: in a high rollers club where you've been on
2: funny things? I've been poor and people have paid me $5 to chug things that were horrible, horrible cocktails of whatever we could find available or snort pixie sticks, which, by the way, kids don't do.
0: (laughs) It is like that scene in Freaks and Geeks where everybody in the household mixes up every like food product and then oh, and then yeah. feeds it to Chad. So uh, it, it's uh, it's not pleasant to eat that, I'm sure.
2: But I'm I'm with the hooker bet. Like I love that one. If I had a bunch of money, I would pay my awkward friend a proposition <laughs> a hooker to just do ridiculous things and just to see uh
0: chad i mean this in the nicest way you're you're a friend who would have to awkwardly ask
2: yeah that, that's
0: true <laughs> you're 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 the guy who would have to ask you know what i have used the the
2: john cleese line about mr grisham myself it's like i was tragically born without a personality
0: <laughs> Yeah it's, it's it's not fry um, <laughs> uh, so cassie high rollers club what kind of ridiculous thing are you doing?
1: I'm thinking about when I was a kid, what I would make my friends do or like what we would do. And I know we'd see who could hold their hand on the sidewalk the longest on like a 90 degree day. Yeah. So that's a little dark, but it was, it was kind of fun. We didn't last long, but that So
2: you're be. in the maids
0: hanging from the curtains club.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's an endurance thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So Rat Race has an extremely uh, similar plot to the movie. It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. I might, I always not sure how many through mads are thrown there. It's four mads. It's a Mad, 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 Mad World from 1963, where a large group of strangers are caught up in a mad dash to seek out and claim uh, $350,000 in cash. Which is interesting. I'm not sure if it's accidental or not, but the exact amount in inflation from 63 to 2001 works out to be two million dollars. Yep. So this is very much a tip of the hat, I think, to that or it's a total wax but it has to be planned. Have you seen It's a Mad Mad Crazy World?
1: No. I was I was trying to watch it before this podcast, but I did not. So is it long? How how long is it? It's
0: one well, I know in the VHS days it was a two VHS (laughs) run. So so it had an intermission in it. And so it's unusual for a comedy to run that long. It was ambitious. Like it's probably a 3-hour long comedy. Get out. I don't yeah, I can't even think of another comedy that even runs anywhere close to that long. Not even Judd Apatow has ventured into those waters. <laughs> Does it
1: hold your attention? Cuz yes. comedies are usually like down and dirty quick. I will get ad- the content out. I will
0: admit it holds you it holds you in but I'd want to say around the 3 quarters mark I will admit it starts to lull.
1: Yeah.
0: And the ending is not as feel good as this, but I won't go into okay. a whole lot more but it's, it's a treasure hunt race across the country on that one too it relies a lot on pop culture references at the time so it does help to have somebody like like my dad would sit there and be like see that's paul newman he was in a race car movie so that's why he's in a race car in this scene and so like there's a little bit of a meta humor that's like breaking the fourth wall and referring to other things at the time and because it was made in the 60s there are laughs that i don't think you any of the three of us would necessarily get but it's still funny even if you don't get those so it's kind of like what your kids will feel like when they watch Family Guy They'll be like this is funny. <laughs> what are you laughing at at this point? Who's Margot Kidder? Yeah you're, 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 you're like, See there was this TV show it was called Family Matters and it had Steve Urkel on it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's not funny if you have to explain it So um, yeah, it's very much in that vein, but it, the road trip enables you to do a lot of different things Chad Why don't you give us a run through on the cast?
2: Okay. I'm going to abbreviate this because there's just a lot of people in here, so I'll hit the main players. We've got Breckin Meyer, who was Nick Schaefer. He's the straight-laced young attorney. Uh, he doesn't want to play it initially. I know him from Robot Chicken. He does a lot of the voices. Uh, Amy Smart. She is Tracy Fawcett. She is the crazy helicopter pilot with a lot of rage issues, and she helps Nick out. Cuba Gooding Jr., He plays Owen Templeton. He is the referee that messes over the Dallas Cowboys in this one. Uh, He takes over the bus. There's Seth Green, who is Dwayne Cody. He's the brother that can actually talk. He's kind of a scammer, along with his brother, uh, played by Vince Vilev. That's Blaine Cody. He's the one that pierces his own tongue. We've got Whoopi Goldberg, who is Vera Baker. She's this doting mother little bit superstitious and then there's Lenai chapman who plays meryl jennings and she's a high-strung businesswoman who is vera's daughter john lovitz we talked about him a little bit he's this sneaky opportunistic uh tourist named randy Pear. rowan atkinson plays a an narcoleptic italian tourist named enrico pollini that's mr bean yes
0: Mr. Bean. mr yeah.
2: bean and johnny english and John Cleese, who is Donald Sinclair, an eccentric Vegas billionaire and gambling mastermind.
0: I can do whatever I want. I'm eccentric. Wow! <laughs> yes,
2: I love that line.
0: <laughs> and I got you. Got to get Wayne Knight in there. I was leaving him out for good reason, but yes, yes,
2: Wayne, Wayne Knight, who I love. Uh, he's the the ambulance driver, Zach. Um, Dennis Nedry. Hello, Jerry. Yes, Newman. We had dawn from uh, third rock from the sun just all kinds of scumbaggy characters. No
0: man. <laughs> so, we talked about how this movie goes in lots of different directions and it, does it come together well at the end? Do you like how this thing ties back together and finishes, Cassie?
1: Oh, yeah. I think it I think it finishes off nicely cuz at one point they're just veering off in so many different directions, you lose track of where they're even at or mm. how it comes to an end and No, I like the way that it ends. And even how it's like a charity scene at the end is just priceless.
0: (laughs) It's like if any one of them actually does win, the movie doesn't work.
1: No, it doesn't work. You know that they can't get it. They're not going to get the money.
0: But knowing that, how do you find a rewarding way to conclude is is an interesting thing. So.
1: I think
2: they totally could have pulled almost a Monty Python-esque ending where the hooker gets the money and drives
0: away.
1: <laughs> they, they tried to. Yeah. That, that was what was happening. <laughs>
0: that was a good turn, though. Because, like, again, everybody gets to Silver City, of course, at the same time, which is a mm-hmm. fun, dramatic yeah. way of doing it. And But, again, there's that last turn of the hooker took the money and... You know, that's a curveball. I don't know about you guys, but I did even, not see that coming.
1: No, but even before that, when Enrico Pelini falls asleep, everyone gets to the door and they're like, "Huh?" Oh. And then there's one of those great liners where he's like, he's sleeping, but it comes out he's eeping because he can't talk right, and you know exactly what he means by it.
0: <laughs> and then, of course, he wakes up after it's open. He's like, did I eat yeah, It did occur to me that
1: every
2: single one of these cast members, except for Enrico, is going to jail
1: oh
0: government terrorism amy smart's
2: character uh, breaking
0: from... a flight tower is worse now than it was when this movie came out because well, this is 2001 this, this is like this is pre-9-11 yes. but just barely pre-9-11 yeah. this is like the summer i remember this was a summer movie uh so
2: cuba gooding jr steals a boss seth green i mean they
1: steal, I don't, they bunch steal a bunch
2: of things <laughs> john lovitz
1: what's will goldberg and them deal they stole oh, the a uh, government yeah. the rocket yeah. car right? uh,
2: they're gonna care a lot
1: like you know, i was like mm-hmm. you gave two million dollars but yeah there's the baby scene on the train with i feel like girl. i feel like yeah. cuba
0: gooding jr is gonna come out of this at least a little bit okay i mean to take to take over a bus dri- to fool a to fool a bus driver is different than to forcibly take over a bus
2: he also stole a horse
0: oh, yeah he stole yeah. a horse yeah
2: <laughs> all of them going to jail <laughs> Except for Enrico. He wins.
0: Uh, in fairness, he had something done to him that would send somebody to jail. If you if you got in a taxi cab with somebody and they just drove you way out into the middle of nowhere and then dropped you off in the desert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... And steals your
2: clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's attempted murder.
0: I was sitting there thinking, like, for the first time ever, because it's, it's not that tone of movie, I am sitting there thinking, it's like, yeah, that's pretty much a death sentence in, like, to drop somebody off <laughs> in the middle of the desert in Nevada. Casting comments and stuff like that. This movie has three Oscar winners yes, in does. one movie. And there's a lot of powerhouse here. Uh, it's actually also the first movie to have two African-American Oscar winners. So the Oscar winners are Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, who won his for Jerry Maguire, Whoopi Goldberg from the from the movie Ghost, and Kathy Bates, who was in Misery. A little bit different role for her here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she needed something to lighten it up a little after that.
0: <laughs> She's crazy, though. Yeah. Yeah. It does that well. Both Breck and Meyer and Amy Smart are in the movie Road Trip together. Have you seen this one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan of them in that and are you glad to see them reunite here?
2: It's fine. I mean, I I enjoy Road Trip. I
0: their chemistry not doesn't I, you don't I feel, feel like, like this is just its own thing.
2: I feel like Amy Smart's kind of a replaceable.
1: You know what? I, I feel like the guys replaceable <laughs> that, that's fair and he
2: wound up being like breckenmeyer fell off the map shortly after this
0: he was in a tv show that i remember was heavily uh, pushed called brazilian isles which is uh i don't know if people like the show or not but it was advertised heavily edited yeah nothing
2: else. It, it didn't last too long
0: it had the zach morris from saved by the bell on there with him
2: but no yeah yep mark paul sure Garcia. i did
0: not know that guy's name off the top yeah. of my head points for you though (laughs) um and uh seth green was the first one cast he wasn't what they were looking for but he was much better did you like the casting in general like if you had to build this cast cassie like you know again if you were doing this today like where would you start
1: oh seth green is perfect he's perfect who else oh john lovitz is per i think i think the main cast is perfect even uh breck and Meyer, like I think he fits the role good. I don't really like the character, but I think... He's a
0: stuffy character. Yeah. yeah.
1: He plays stuffy well, so that's good. The only one I would say maybe to change out is uh, Lanai Chapman, the daughter. Yeah. I think I think they could... I don't know. Who would you guys replace her with, though?
0: We'll get into that later, actually. But I dig her anger. Like, when she gets angry. <laughs> I, when she crushes that phone, I would like to see her get angry maybe one or two more times. Maybe
1: that was it. Yeah. There needed to be more to that because it the, kind of fizzled. She's the reason
2: for Kathy Bates. so
0: She's the one who had the least of a career, I guess, coming out of this. This is a very star-studded, heavy cast and stuff like that in Lanai. Uh, she made her science fiction debut in Star Trek The Next Generation as uh, Ensign Cyril Ragnar i'm not sure if i'm saying that exactly right sorry as uh, well established i'm not a star trek person so don't shoot me on that one but uh generally speaking she did not have much of a career and i thought amy smart hadn't been doing much either but i looked it up she's been working steadily yeah since then just not on like marquee stuff no she's probably still cashing great check john cleese is he the perfect man to
2: run this or what absolutely anywhere you can cast john cleese it do it <laughs> i I love him whether he's in James Bond or Shrek or being the scumbag in uh, Rat Race.
0: Fish call Wanda.
2: Yes. Nearly and
1: Headless if... Nick, Harry Potter. Uh, huh? Huh?
2: I did not know that one. Yeah, he's
1: the ghost. Yeah.
2: Very good. Uh, <laughs> if nothing else, Monty Python.
0: Perfect. He praised the script as being one of only two scripts in his career that he just enjoyed so much. It's unusual to get a top-class script, he said. Twice in my life have I ever had the experience of reading a script and simply saying, I'm going to do this. What I love about the movie is that it's the best premise of any movie I've ever had and offered in 20 years. And he goes on later to say that he enjoyed all the characters and the weaving, and he just thought it was very cleverly written. I just think, that, as you mentioned, the cast accentuates the writing so well, though. But most of the people who are interviewed did say that when they read this, something hopped out of this being special. Amazing to be able to write this, I think.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's basically, okay, you're not allowed to take a plane somewhere. How many modes of transportation can we put these people through to yeah. get to the other side of the country?
0: And Jason Alexander was originally lined up to play Zach, the medical driver, who takes Mr. Bean yes. across the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead, Wayne Knight gets the role, so it's a different Seinfeldian. Cassie, do you want to see George driving instead of Newman?
1: Huh? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Do you? I don't think so. There's I only th-
0: one line for sure. I want to see him to go. Not good.
1: <laughs> that yeah, that's the only one. But otherwise, I think um, the guy that they have playing it, he screams really well. Yes. Like when the heart flies out the window, his face and just that screaming <laughs> is pr- is perfect. I don't think I don't think he could have done it.
2: I think Don Knight. Gives you a realistic, port- or yeah, I was thinking of his character Don, but yeah, Wayne Knight gives you a portrayal that leads you to believe he would actually murder you to get your heart. He's let's find a drifter, and,
0: <laughs> and Rico's looking around
2: like yes,
1: a drifter. <laughs> do it, do it.
0: I like, I like the part where he's uh like like he's like. Do you have any family? No, why? No, I am all, all alone. Complete? My mother is yeah. gone. Yeah, mother? <laughs> my, daughter, my father? Both dead. <laughs> <laughs> why do you ask? And he looks at him and like he's just menacingly looking at him. He's like, look, a drifter.
1: <laughs> Let's kill <heal> him.
0: <laughs> and then runs the other direction. This is Looney Tunes in real life, and I love it. Yeah, especially the hop on the train.
1: Oh yeah, that that was something you didn't see coming. I also yeah, I
0: remember the, I remember already laughing pretty hard, and then when the train came through, I was like, "You're so random," and I was like laughing even
1: harder at that.
0: So he
2: was supposed to be Chinese. Well, well, not Rowan Atkinson, but that character. It was supposed
0: to be a Chinese tourist at first. I don't want to change anything about it, but I could see that working.
2: Yeah, uh, not with Rowan Atkinson, but. Get like a Kin Jong who is
0: oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I was thinking Buddy, uh, Buddy Lee from uh, Mad TV at the time, okay, yeah. But uh, I just don't I like Eureka Piolini so much, I, I can't imagine it. And that's another storyline that has been my favorite, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, as, as that's well.
1: that's up there for sure
0: because uh, I that, that wasn't my first favorite, like the no. my first watch, but
1: it's so great though how they catch you off guard with these characters because they introduce him, he's hilarious, and then they he goes away for a long time, and then you, you come back, and he's still sleeping in the in the hotel in the lobby casino. It's like, what? <laughs> and then you just die. He
2: gets launched by he by comes- Wayne Knight's car, and then. Just gets up running and gives him the thumbs up.
0: He comes out firing, uh, you know, when he walks into the room, just amazed where he is. And then everybody's just like, he's this bigger than life character who's just so good natured. And he just fills up the room. And I love it. And he's like, I am Irico. I know what you're thinking. That's a girl's name. No, <laughs> no, one <one's> didn't. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> what pun is that?
2: very good Neek I think Neek should be our captain and everyone just gives him this dumbfounded look <laughs>
1: they, be, oh, they go uh, little cock doggies yes. I mean like everything Everything cock he says do- weenies
2: ah, weenies
1: <laughs> yes
2: I love the cock doggies
1: so
0: he comes out firing right away I just and you're right he goes away for so long yeah. the first time you watch it you almost forget you about
1: you do him. and then they come back and you're just laughing
0: Uh, Oh yeah, this guy (laughs) Mr. Bean doesn't need very long to get you laughing so uh, he he takes it from zero to ten fast Sorry, Rat Race was initially written by Andy Breckman in 99 the script was then sold to Hollywood Pictures and Jerry Bruckenheimer but then Jerry Zucker was selected to direct the film Breckman wrote the first draft Director Jerry Zucker called him and said he wanted to be involved with it and uh, he loved the zaniness of the wonderful characters and the many silly things that you could do in the situations. And the two had actually known each other since 87. They had worked together on other projects that had not come to fruition yet. But Rat Race was the first one to go through to production, and they were a good team together. As we mentioned before, how do you feel like the storytelling is and the director to be able to present the information and deliver big laughs and maintain the pace?
1: You know, coming up with a summary for this was challenging. So to actually tell all those different stories and then to have them intersect slightly not all of them meet each other until the end but how they have like the cow coming in and at the end and like hitting the bus windshield and being able to tie them together while still keeping them separate still driving the it was perfect it was perfect it's
0: really interesting to hear how they wrote to that point Andy said that he would get up in the morning have a coke Jerry would have a hot chocolate and they would just sit down and which by the way I cannot imagine writing comedy in the morning like that doesn't like it seems like a late night thing to me <laughs> I'm a night person though so but I can't picture writing comedy in the morning but they would just sit there and think up funny things and they whatever would get them both that they would write them on note cards and they would then like take the note cards and they would put them on a board and they would start to string like like to run like this has to happen to make this happen. And wouldn't it be funny if this affected this? And so they actually just through taking cause and effect cards on there, they created this. And it's kind of interesting. I remember seeing documentary on Back to the Future. Back to the Future, which has a lot of weaving back and forth, took a similar approach. So when you have that really complex plot line, I think it's something that I tend to enjoy
1: yeah i like multiple storylines if you have one you lose track
0: and again as you pointed out if everything has a good cause and effect like the cow has to happen before it hits the bus or that the radio control tower has to go down to make Mm -hmm. everybody else go somewhere else and it's just got a really good sense of cause and effect and i think the pace is good wouldn't you say chad
2: oh yeah yeah i'm never bored when i'm watching this movie it switches to the characters at the right time and reminds me of the ones that have kind of forgotten at the right time and even the interconnected like uh Tracy's siphoning the gas from the cop and all of a sudden he sees uh the brothers mm-hmm. blaze on past yeah. he's like oh my goodness and chases down the road after them so those were great intersecting
0: moments yes i like it when people try and foil each other in this <laughs> yes.
1: i will say the opening didn't grab me right away when they open with uh, Nick Schaefer at the counter, okay, that was oh, yeah. kinda, trying to get a lawsuit.
0: Like,
1: yeah, with he's talking about like these uh, in-room movies and. It
0: <laughs> was, <laughs> oh, that one.
1: Yeah, and it really turned Let's me call it off. Afro because, babes, yeah. A, yeah, Afro babes. But I'm watching it for the first time with my parents, and, and it was like that's awkward, the then. first thing. So I'm like, oh my gosh, we're never gonna. I can still remember the look my mom gave me, like. We're watching this movie. But by the end, she was laughing. I was laughing. It was great. But the opening, I didn't care for. <laughs> Even now, I don't.
0: There's a lot of different kinds of humor exactly. in, in this and movie. Exactly, and that
1: was... We were afraid that that was going to be the humor the entire time. And, you know, like it opens up and it's like, uh, how what's this going to be like? And then there's a really good balance of all the different humors. And that's what I think makes it such a universal movie.
0: So you mentioned that the John Lovitz one was your favorite plotline. What do you think the kind of humor brand that is there that's making that one your favorite?
2: It's situational and as a history person I appreciate the history of it. I think all of us could understand what would happen if we dressed in Nazi regalia and wound up in Hitler's car in front of a World War II veterans convention.
0: I don't think you're going to make it far down the street to be honest with you. um... Yeah, well the the
2: old guy gets out his pistol and takes a shot. So good for him. But yeah, I mean, just that kind of situational comedy.
0: Yeah, you know. Again, you have Rico Polini is just you know very physical. Like you know he doesn't have to say everything. It's the facial expression and then a little bit of wordplay. Just yeah. on like I'm from another land, so it goes weird. And then um what do you think? Uh, again. What do you think some of the other funny mechanisms are for humor, say, on the brothers? Like, what makes that, like, different?
1: They play the best off of each other. How the brother kid is the only one that can understand them, and they can have these full-blown conversations. And it is de- it is the 100% the facial expressions. Like, every time that Blaine screams, and it's like that <laughs> high-pitched, bloody murder girl scream, and his face... It's just hysterical. So it's, it's definitely expressions, facial, body language. Yeah.
0: There's there's this dumb and dumber quality to them yeah. that, uh, like, you know, they, they egg each other on. Or, like, <laughs> one bad idea leads to another bad idea. or yeah. uh, With you know. them,
2: though, classical music is used a lot for their scenes. And they've got uh, In the Hole of the Mountain King for the Radio Tower, which I just love. If you're ever going to escalate anything, that's the classical <laughs> song to pick. But I think it's Vivaldi that's playing while they're out in the middle of the plains with a hot air balloon. (laughs) And so they have the most Looney Tunes quality about them. Looney Tunes always use classical music for their skits and it just, it reminded me of cartoons when I was younger.
0: Other than Enrico Polini, everybody else has a partner to go through.
1: Not Owen.
0: Not Owen, good point. Mm, But yeah. Yeah,
1: he has the Lucy's. So he is with, you know,
0: that's. I was going to say. I think that's a greater challenge to write for when when you have a single character because it it's interesting. Again, and maybe you said this would have been lacking, but I mean, I, I like the combination of Whoopi and her daughter. Yes.
1: Yeah, that is. They're they're a good pair.
0: Because I like the whole like this is a scam.
1: Oh goody, it's a yeah. scam. <laughs> and
0: so you have this very serious yeah. straight man. It's it's a classic formula of straight man, goofy you know person. out there zany. Yeah. And that's a, that's a dynamic that the other ones don't have as much. I, I, again, it's it's really straight laced guy, straight man with Nick meeting Tracy, who he actually thinks he is, and we we're actually led to believe this is going to be somewhat vanilla, but then things turn on her head once she sees that she's with her his ex girlfriend.
2: <laughs> Sean Kent.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Writer Andy Breckman said that this was a genre that he had not tried, or that uh, hadn't really been done in a while, the big ensemble comedy, and uh, he patted himself on the back and saying that that was magic for everyone to bring them all together. He said for him, it was just really fun to see what would you do, or better yet, what wouldn't you do for $2 million or a Klondike bar? (laughs) So I don't know that he's 100% accurate about that, because Road Trip... Does do this the year prior to, and then America Pie is like a big ensemble comedy, and like that's a '99, and that's a very like, there's a lot of movies that play off of that, but that's a influential movie that goes down this road. So I won't say that it was truly unique in the ensemble comedy, but it's ambitious, and I don't think you see a lot of that now.
2: They tried it, but this like Love Actually was really successful, but the. I was whatever the Christmas party one that came out just recently didn't do very well. And then there was... No, I had... Valentine's Day did
0: very poorly.
1: It's because they're holiday movies. It's not... What's like a comedy that they've had a... Game Nights.
0: Game Nights kind of got... Game Night
1: was pretty... That was a good movie.
0: But it's a formula I like, and I'd like to see more people go to it. Because we just did Clue earlier this year. That's right. I listened to Clue. And that's something I, I realized when we were doing that... I like that. It's probably harder to write for. And it's probably also ask people to take a little backseat to like the stars in terms of we're going to pay probably six of you less money and you're all going to share the spotlight and nobody's going to come out of this like saying this is a major vehicle to jumpstart your career. But maybe that's a good thing. Jerry Zucker started with Jim Abrams and Jim Zucker. The trio performed in Madison, Wisconsin as a sketch comedy tour group. And they started with the Kentucky Fried Theater. From there, they go on to make one of my all-time favorites, Airplane, in 1980. And so Jerry Zucker comes from that school of thinking. And uh, some of the other things that he goes on to do later are the Naked Gun series, which I love. And um, then he comes to Rat Race much later. So he doesn't have an extensive library in the director's seat. He's usually more in the producer role. But definitely like the fact that he appreciates good goofy comedies. Also he does ghost, which is unexpected. Really? Not goofy. Not goofy. Like what? that that's a red hair that's like that's a red one eighty like, Yeah.
1: Like. What that, did you do after Rat Race? Did you do any good ones after? He that?
0: didn't direct after Rat Race. Mm, he he went didn't. out on top. It's like wow. it's George Costanza. That's I'm it. out! <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> uh to your point though cassie you said it got off to a little bit of a slow start i actually looked down for the first time ever because i'm studying it a little more closer cl- closely now and how it's structured not much is going on in terms of the race until about 15 to 20 minutes in
1: yeah because they introduce everybody and you're like what, what, what are all these people doing and yeah it is kind of slow and i think
0: that's somewhat of a good thing i think i mentioned this in terms of some some like movies because like you could, you could relate this to horror like Chad, I don't know if you agree or disagree with this. Sometimes if you start slow, when you escalate, it's very dramatic. Or you could even take that and compare that to space. So if you come into a small room uh, and then you go into a big atrium after that, uh, because you were pushed into a small room, it's like compress and then release. It seems more dramatic. I wonder if that's... I think that might be true for the comedy as well. Like by yeah, simply yeah. inserting these people and saying like we're off to we're off, you know here's these characters here's these characters we think you know where this is going, and then at a gunshot there's that jolt and it's really dramatic. You've upset my horror genres. I
2: always wanted to start off with random person being killed to show whatever the power is of whatever the creature human or whatever is hunting. Then we'll build up to caring about someone else and then we're gonna start ripping through them.
0: Oh, man. Ooh. I, I, I think
1: I like that better.
0: Oh, man. I like, I like that exercise. 45-minute wait before anything yeah. bad happens. <laughs> I like that.
2: No. no. I, I want someone that I don't care about dead in the fifth. First 10 minutes. Let it marinate. Like It Follows did it best. Girls just running out of her house. We don't know her name and she winds, winds up twisted.
0: All right, all right. <laughs> uh, Jerry Zucker said he was scared and intimidated to have all these comedians in the rooms as a director. He was really worried that, you know, people would end up clashing with each other. And John Cleese even said in, in situations like this, uh, he said, uh, Making a movie is like World War One. It's a battle of attrition. It's toughing out a 14-hour day and... Uh, you get mad at everybody. And so he was saying that relaxed people were always uh, making each other laugh here, though, and that there was an enjoyable atmosphere that he hadn't experienced in decades of making movies. So that seems so surprising like when you're working on a comedy movie that's not normally like that. But I'm, the more we're reading about these comedies, you know, like like when we did Wayne's World, people, yeah. people were angry and throwing fits and arguing. Yeah, Mike Myers is and,
2: very serious about being very stupid.
0: yeah. <laughs> But it's interesting. Zucker was saying people really enjoyed working with each other and they weren't trying to one-up each other. And that was something he was really surprised by. And I think it shows, wouldn't you say?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I don't feel like anyone's fighting for the lead. They're all doing their part and it ends up with a great movie at the end.
0: Even Cuba Gooding Jr., Mr. Oscar winner, said he was intimidated coming in because he said, Have you ever been around comedians all day long? They never turn it off. Like, it's constantly rolling, and, like, everybody's just making you laugh. He said, it's like going to the circus every single day.
2: I would love yeah. to spend a day with John Cleese and John Lovitz. That would be so much fun.
0: Yeah, and uh, he, he said, uh, you know, Seth Green, too, would just keep, yeah. you know, wouldn't really make him laugh, and uh, I don't know. He uh, he said that he would literally pick Seth Green up, and, like, uh, <laughs> like you know, he's like, that guy's a funny little guy. <laughs> <laughs> Being surrounded by 50 Lucys. That was the uh, writer's idea. It was supposed to be a bus of Elvis's initially.
1: Really? I I thought I had seen somewhere that he saw that there was a Lucy convention going on. And that's what... So originally it was going to be Elvis's. Elvis's. Oh, Lucy's is way better. I thought so too. Way better.
0: I think Elvis will age better though. They considered... So they went did a couple of considerations because they said Elvis is overdone. Which is why they first started brainstorming on some of these other things. So again, when they're making note cards, the bus of Elvis's was on the wall. And so they then said, what would be better? Because Elvis's, everybody's got Elvis's. Yeah. And so that's when uh, they looked at Jerry Lewis's. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I
1: still like Lucy's.
0: Lucy's is great.
1: Because you need that, you need them to be annoying. Like I wouldn't find Elvis's as annoying as a Lucy. Well, well
2: the things going wrong was perfect for this yes. genre. The escalation, the soap <laughs> bubbles and everything. And the tire see, rolling away. Yes, the Lucy's <laughs> running down and just the collective... Oh, hair catching on fire. That's my
1: favorite. The cigarette out the window. (laughs) Just
2: yeah, and they're playing the Lucy music. But I, I was sitting there thinking, like, younger people than me, they're in an age where Nick at Night may not have even been an option for them.
0: You're familiar with I Love Lucy, yes or no? Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it's timeless. It's timeless. Yeah. I I do wonder, like, I don't know. I wonder if like teenagers now would know I love Lucy. Yeah,
2: because at 9 o'clock at night, for me, I had no other choice. I was watching Bewitched, and I love Lucy and things like that, because that's what was available. My daughter will have a filter. She can watch whatever she wants, whenever she wants.
0: So this is one of those funny movies that I thought this was pretty tight, and I wouldn't want to cut anything. And I actually saw the cut scenes, and some of those are actually pretty good, because normally, normally, I watch cut scenes. And I'm like, I'm... Pretty happy that wasn't in the movie for the most part. By chance, did you get a chance to see any of these? Any? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. They cut a DDP uh, yeah. scene. Yeah, Diamond Dallas Page. Well, we'll, we'll start.
1: We'll start there. So, yeah. Cuban
0: Gooding Jr. is just dashing down the highway and gets into a moving house on the road, and it happens to be inhabited, right. which is the weirdest <laughs> thing. And you're right; it's got uh, wrestling star. Uh, is wrestling right? Yes. Yeah. DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. I'm not a okay. wrestling guy, so this All is right. why I'm deferring to you. Okay. Yeah. So um
2: he does, he does celebrity yoga now. He teaches a yoga course.
0: <laughs> he said that they just couldn't see beating up on sweet Cuba Gooding Junior anymore, so but do fair it, enough. But he said he blew out his hamstring while uh, chasing that bus so many times because he kept doing <laughs> cuts over and over again. And you actually see him as he's going into the locker at the end. He's kind of like he's kind of limping a little bit. <laughs> and
1: it worked out. It helped with his character. <laughs> it did work out.
0: They had some awesome high roller scenes. I don't know if you saw any of these extra high roller scenes. They were playing Monopoly with real yeah. money. Yeah. Which I yeah. really wish they had kept that one in. That and, been and there was a short one where they had all the maids like hanging by the curtain rod. And they were just taking bets on which maid would hang on the longest before that, they would fall off. That was still in the Yeah, one.
1: that was in the movie, I that thought. That was in the
0: main one. Okay, okay, that's a good one. Uh, well, well, I'm glad they kept that one. And then um, there's another one where the high rollers, like, one of the guys stands up and says, What we're doing here is immoral. These are people. We're messing with human beings. You all ought to be ashamed of yourself. And then he just, like, turns around and then comes back laughing. And they're all, yeah. like, laughing. Like, he realized he was <laughs> he was being insincere and just joking. They definitely should have kept that one. Yeah. What do we think about the Las Vegas and the road to Silver City is this desert atmosphere adding to the humor, particularly through uh, Owen and his track through the desert. Uh, do you like where they set this, Cassie?
1: Yeah, I think it works well for Owen and for uh, the mother-daughter because they yeah. find themselves in the desert at one point, kind of just trekking across. So I think it works good. I mean, think about it, if they did it in like a rainy climate or a tropical or... I- Desert's just perfect.
2: You'd miss out on the rocket car.
1: Yeah, you miss out on the rocket car, air balloons. Yeah. yeah, I don't know.
0: It's a and you gotta. I mean, I can't imagine starting at a better place than Las Vegas. Oh yeah. I mean, gambling city. There. There's this superficial, <laughs> yeah, this is the superficial. Yeah, the, everything. Not everything's not what it seems. The house is really winning behind the scenes, and so I, I just like that veneer effect that Donald Sinclair is. Speaking of veneers, did you get like? his teeth <laughs> like it's funny i never really put my pen on it until now because it was uh those big huge white teeth yeah he, almost changes who he is he oh. does it at the end the, arr, arr.
2: <laughs> when he's chomping over the two million dollars being matched yeah filming
0: actually a lot of this was done in calgary in canada
1: i of, knew it wasn't done in new mexico I knew that none of it was yeah, in New Mexico, ones. but I didn't know it was in Calgary.
0: But I still like the fact that they set it there, even if those de- desert scenes and stuff like that. Uh, they did do Las Vegas shooting, and they uh, they were at the Las Vegas airport as well. So, Although I don't think hmm. they pulled down the real control tower. No. <laughs> Other locations, they were in some rural, smaller places in Nevada, so they actually didn't go to Silver City at all either. They, they made Good Springs, Nevada look like Silver City, which I've never been to Silver City, so I was convinced. Yeah, same. <laughs> Blaine's wardrobe is one of the biggest things that dates this movie. When I when I watch this movie and I go, that's that's 2000, right there. Who Let the Dogs
2: Out? Didn't date this enough for you?
1: That, that. was the best movie edit cut scene in that movie. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just perfect. I
2: had completely forgotten about that. That's... that hit and I was like, oh, this is 2000. Yep.
0: What else anchors this movie to 2000? lack of cell phones well there's a cell phone that gets crushed that's the only yeah, one yeah but though. she's the only one
1: but she was all modern and business yeah. so she'd have one but no one else did
0: that's a good point it's a good point i think i think uh, when uh breckin Meyer's character asked Tracy, tracy's like are there many women pilots and like disbelief I think he
2: was just a kind of sexist idiot at that point i didn't think that was so much 2000 it was just he's an idiot
0: I don't know that you're just not supposed like, it makes him less likable when he does that, so I don't know. Like, I don't know if it plays the same.
1: Wasn't it based off of the book that they were reading? So yeah, that's Lindbergh. why he said yeah, it. Lindbergh. So I was like, eh, it didn't bother me.
0: <laughs> he, had to, he, had, he had to think about it and come back and be like, two, yeah. if yeah. you count Lindbergh. Because of the sex change joke. Yeah. He had to work hard on that.
2: Yeah, it didn't work. That whole thing was just awkward.
0: He's just so establishment. It's the haircut. Speaking of wardrobe, I love Whoopi in this. She just the big frizzy orange hair (laughs) and the dark glasses and she just seems like somebody who would procure the services of a private detective and a psychic to reach out to her estranged long lost daughter. (laughs) They set it up that said, uh, you need me. There was never, I was kept expecting there to be another side of this, like an emotional thing for, there was a setup in the writing that I kind of wanted to see her actually validate that and say like, yeah, there is something missing in
1: my life, but they mm. actually never followed through with that. Did they have to say anything or did it come through with, I don't know, I felt like the daughter kind of let loose more, so, but not as much as you're, just what you're saying, not as much as you would have liked. They just both
0: ordered a mimosa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you think about some of the effects because this is actually a very effects driven for a comedy movie jerry zucker said this was often he called it a james bond comedy with how many effects and stunts that they had to shoot in this does it look good do you think the uh, air traffic control tower for instance like the car getting pulled up the camera angles that they're showing on that
2: and some of it looks good and some of it was obviously set uh the fields and things like that it was obvious it was like a painted moving background and uh, the the cow's CGI mm-hmm. has not held up as well as I would like. Um, so there's some of that that's a little problematic
1: huh I, th- I think they can get away with it though Yeah. because yeah. it's already so sort of unbelievable that when you come across these effects that are also not as believable it just is on the same level
0: <laughs> the the radar tower thing they actually did pull up like they built a construct and pulled this lightweight movie version of a truck up and then they shot that pretty well i thought i liked that and they, they actually had those guys harnessed in for a ton of them because they also did the balloon stuff too and they had yeah. they had like this harness this body harness that was like underneath their clothes and stuff like that so that they could hang onto the rope and they're not... on the
1: hood of the car at one point okay that's that was actually, good that's
0: one of the coolest ones so like to do the driver with no driver to have this car running yeah around so that's an actual stunt where like and it was seth green yeah he uh, wanted to run yeah running in front of the car which is actually pretty dangerous and you normally would have a stuntman do it but he did it anyway and the way they did that was they took a a blind driver which is a term like where they take a a leather flap and goes over top of an actual driver and it has like a little little (laughs) tiny screened eye hole in the seat and so it looks like a cushion driving the car and so you you cannot tell when you look at it; it looks really good.
1: I'm look for it next time.
0: I yeah, it's one of those things where even as I was sitting there, like they, they you do not see the eye hole, and you it looks like a it looks like a seat cushion as it's supposed to. So I was wondering that. Like I assumed that this thing had to be like controlled remotely, oh. but not the case.
1: Maybe today they they do that. I Maybe they if would back then. They didn't do that kind of thing.
0: But he did run in front of an actual moving car through an off-road area, so. yeah, with
1: a blind driver.
0: <laughs> yeah, in front of him. again. Yeah, and I mean the guy's the guy's hands are down at his elbows, so like he has no. He's driving like with his, his hands at like seven and uh, four, mm-hmm. so that's not really good control either. I, I liked it. Uh, the only one that I thought uh, um, was the cow udder on the milk. Like when they were fighting on when they're fighting on the that balloon, and and the, they, they they take a cow udder and they shoot somebody. I'm aware I'm looking at a prop blatantly here. I've actually milked a cow. and It's harder.
2: You don't get that volume that quickly.
0: Well, it's funny if you do. (laughs) It's more funny. Yeah. (laughs) Cassie, what do you think about the soundtrack in this movie?
1: It's great. We kind of touched on that earlier with how you have a good combination of classical tunes for these high-strung scenes. And then going back to the 2000s with Who Let the Dogs Out? You have Smash Mouth. I think it's it's a good mix of Looney Tunes, as Chad said, with the New Age music of the time for that era. <laughs> And they had some old
0: classic tunes in there, too. I love when Mr. Bean's in the car. Well, sorry. Uh, Errico Polini's oh, in the yeah. car.
1: Oh, and... Find out what it means to me. It's not the song at all.
0: <laughs> it's an Aretha Franklin song, but it's not that Aretha Franklin song. It's channel yeah, of, fools. of fools. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's singing along no. the wrong song. <laughs> and like Wayne Knight's just looking at him like, what?
1: <laughs> What's happening? It was close. <laughs> I usually
2: don't like the use of I Believe in Miracles. Oh, it it doesn't it. work, but here I enjoyed it. Like
1: That was a good... It was
2: such a ridiculous scene of showing off different piercings that it and the escalation for that I just (laughs) I dug it every time music was introduced
0: for the brothers I'm on board that is probably my favorite I believe in miracles is used a ton by hot chocolate but uh, you know with these alternative chicks driving up and like you know, sporting each other and yes. like showing uh, with a blaine in the car I just thought it was so funny it reminded me of vacation so much oh, yes. yes. when Chevy's driving yes. along the road and that woman drives up and he nearly swerves off the road yeah and I thought like there was a nice little homage to Lucy and the bus with how everything went wrong and I thought this was the whole thing was an homage to uh, you know uh, to Mad mad crazy world but then obviously this as well but then they take it up several not just by driving onto a motor monster truck rally. <laughs> The opening song puts me in a great mood and I was shocked to see it was also the Baha Men. So I like, it turns out I like two Baha Men songs. There's a, yeah, the opening, the Rat Race song.
2: went on a little bit too long for me.
0: I loved it because the I paper animation, I like, I, I, I like. it reminded me of Monty yeah. Python, which is another thing that it was referring to with John Cleese, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, but just the big headed, uh, you know, dancing figures. Cassie, this is a segment of the show where we like to do look for this. Are there any any kind of hidden things or things, fun facts and trivia that you'd come across?
1: Oh, um, you didn't say it earlier. Uh, The I believe it was the director uh, Zucker. His mom is one of the elderly Lucys.
0: Yes, I love that inclusion. Yep. Perfect. Which uh, so uh, she's the older one, maybe then. Yeah. Yeah. You you mustn't be so hard on yourself.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, her. That's his mom. Perfect. That's a good role. Yeah. Uh,
2: Chet. Alluded to it earlier, but Tracy's boyfriend, his name is Sean Kent. He's playing, played by Dean Kane, who it, at the time had just gotten off of uh, Lois and Clark. He was Superman. He was Clark Kent.
0: I oh. noticed that when reading the IMDb listing for this for the first time, and I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times, and I somehow never put together that her jerk boyfriend was superman you don't really see his face very much it's hard to catch yeah Yeah. so for me john cleese plays a character named donald sinclair in this that's actually the name of a real life person and a hotel proprietor and that's also the character that john cleese bases his iconic character basil Fawlty on the british show Fawlty towers that's a fun british show that uh, mary's introduced me to uh he plays the he runs this hotel and uh, everything goes wrong in it. And, so, and John Cleese is the main guy in that. Fun everything connecting for John Cleese on that one as well.
1: Ooh.
0: It's my favorite time of the show. Superlative time. And Cassie, ready to hand out some awards with us?
1: I'm ready. Let's do it. MVP. Mr. Bean. MVP. Rowan Atkinson. It's a race. I'm weaning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm weaning. I'm weaning. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah Definitely get some Of the harsh laugh In this one Chad MVP gotta, gotta
2: double down On Mr. Bean I loved everything Including the little Awkward scene With him and
0: the baby and he, Oh I love that He's
2: just like Give me the little thing Give me the little thing What are you that's... doing?
0: <laughs> I've almost got it <laughs> I found
2: the key I think
1: I found it <laughs> He's just so
2: Naive and innocent and
1: Yeah so Even when what... he's
0: about To get murdered <laughs> Uh MVP for me, I'm going to go John Lovitz. Okay.
1: He's a good second, yeah.
0: He's just so good at being a horrible person. (laughs) He drugs his family at one point, and he's like, drink up, honey. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Funny thing is, the writer, Andy Beckman, said that he based character John Lovitz mostly on himself and his own family and their own vacations. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's good. He said that we've had a lot of friction on vacations and stuff like that. and I don't know that he's literally drugged his family, but... Probably the thought has crossed his mind.
1: <laughs> I like when the kids are jumping on the bed and they hit each other and he's like, ooh, that's gotta hurt. Honey, kids need you. <laughs> and it just like runs out. That's that's priceless. That's great. Oh man, that is... Best
0: the <laughs> <laughs> the supporting actor, Cassie. Uh,
1: definitely Wayne Knight for Zack the heart transplant driver.
0: Not good mm-hmm. Chad. I have
2: copied all of Cassie's answers. I'm going Did Wayne she's... Knight as well. He's just he's
1: good. and uh, Or Kathy
2: Bates. Yeah, he's just so despicable and I love every minute of it. Even <laughs> from the first introduction of hitting Rowan Atkinson. Being like, are you okay? Are you okay?
0: Nobody sue me! Nobody sue
2: me! <laughs> oh, Gloria Allred!
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I would really like to go with Gosh, there's some good ones on there that we haven't named. Uh, I'm gonna go with John Cleese because I just think him rolling the high rollers is so important. I love he sets this thing up so well in the beginning in terms of telling the people that there's an apocalyptic event and I've chosen you people to reproduce and to change the world. And then like he totally like cuts and then that's not him. And you just know that this guy's something's not right about this guy right from the beginning. And I before you find out why they're doing this and so. Uh, he he leads off so well in this. But I do want to give a, a nod to uh, Dave Thomas, who was unfortunately born without a, person, a personality, uh, Harold Grisham. <laughs> I loved him. Hidden gem,
1: Cassie. The male Lucy impersonator. He was great. Oh, yes. He is the best. Like when that comes out of nowhere, it's, oh, that made me laugh so good. <laughs>
0: You've got nothing they've never seen before. <laughs> Not exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he was great. <laughs> He's
0: like, would you stop screaming? <laughs> uh, Hidden Jim Chad.
2: I have to go with Vince Vailoff. Uh, he didn't even make the poster. Uh, his agent petitioned for star billing, and so this was uh, Blaine. And he. I just don't feel like he was appreciated enough. We talk about all this other cast and Vince was great with all of his nonverbal and even his messed up speech. I loved it.
0: It was min- it was interesting. He had a tongue insert, like his actual tongue wasn't like I, I thought that I they gave him just like a, a like shock tart or something like that to make his like <laughs> his real
1: then, tongue swallow? <laughs> I, would, I was gonna
0: say he's not gonna affect his tongue, but I mean, no. but they, they they took an actual prosthetic tongue and put it in his mouth, and uh, it changed the way he talked. But that was yeah. a plus in this case. So yeah. um, put Blaine back on the
2: posters.
1: I so didn't yeah, realize shouldn't. he wasn't on the posters. Yeah, I
0: think the DVD cover does have him, does it not? Yeah, it does. Okay, okay. well, justice in, justice in uh, the DVD world, but uh, that is sad. My Hidden Jim is going to a different Lucy. I just love the Asian Lucy. Yes! yes. She <laughs> catches my eye throughout the <laughs> scenes, and then definitely she delivers a brilliant line of,
1: He ruined a whole vacation! <laughs> like, get him! All those Lucys are great.
0: So, recast. Kathy, if you had to recast somebody and put somebody else in their place... Who
1: would it be? It would go back to uh, Vera's daughter, Lenai. I think she could. I, I don't know. I mean, I loved everybody. She was maybe the only one that maybe I'd do something. So who
0: who's gonna have an anger management
1: mm. uh, problem
0: in your version of this movie?
1: Help me out. Who would Leslie be
0: Leslie Jones?
1: Oh, she's maybe
0: a little bit too old. Too, oh, or too young. actually she probably is the right age because yeah. she just yeah. hasn't been discovered yet. She just that you're, you're, you're gonna discover one. Leslie Jones early then.
1: Yeah. Okay, I like it. We could do that.
0: And uh, I I like, you could also do my baby girl, like, because Whoopi would be a ton shorter than than (laughs) Leslie.
1: Um, That would have been great. (laughs) um,
0: So I'm going to go with, uh, oh, sorry, Chad,
2: recast. I think it'd be funny to put someone really famous as one of the Lucys. So I think I'm going with Kate Blanchett because she's actually doing an I Love Lucy biopic.
0: Oh, so you want to insert like a big name celebrity in a cameo. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah, it. Just I
2: like, like uh, Deadpool when they put in Matt Damon and uh, George Clooney.
0: <laughs> the original reason that Owen was able to get away uh, was there was a Ricky bus that drove by. And all the Lucys were like, let's go with them. And so they get their ride to the convention anyway. And they're all infatuated with the Rickys. But, and then Owen just walks off quietly into the sunset, which was hilarious. I think they should have kept that. They definitely should have kept that about that. My recast is going to go to Silas Weir-Mitchell who plays Lloyd the hardware store owner and I think that this is an opportunity for one of those really memorable characters like Paul Rodriguez who plays Gus the taxi driver really adds a lot. Kathy Bates this the squirrel lady or Wayne Knight. I feel like this is an opportunity to inject another humorous character that we're, I want to give him a speaking liner to make them chase him down, show him being pursued. So I want somebody who's a little bit slimy but also funny and has some good comedic timing. I'm gonna go with John Lake for, okay. th- for this. And uh, I'd like to see him be the store clerk who steals the keys and ends up getting tied to a, a cow <laughs> on a hot air balloon. Uh, best shot, Cassie.
1: The uh, you should have bought a squirrel. Yes. Seat. yes. Um, even like how they're just driving off into the sunset and then they fall off the cliff. Like that's a perfect scene. And then the you should have bought a squirrel signs. And then the skeleton. I love the skeleton with the nuts. That's what tops it off.
2: There were 22 vehicles that were down in that pit. I paused it and counted. So she has potentially murdered 20 plus people.
0: She just wants the squirrels to find a good home, Chad. They did have really cute outfits. I mean, just pay three bucks and let them go. Taught him to shake hands. He's not for sale, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, She really makes every bit of that time count. Chad, best shot.
2: The sweeping shot in the fields as the brothers are in the hot air balloon between the cars and and the cow and everything else—the chaos that's going on there.
0: That is an inspired shot. I'm I'm glad you picked that. I will then, in that case, go to my second choice of John Lovitz's face of utter disbelief in the Barbie museum. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got like a neo-Nazi on either side of his shoulders, <laughs> and his mouth is just a gaping and like an utter horror, <laughs> and like and, and the tour is just like. Klaus Barbie, three-time ballroom dancing champion, wine connoisseur, and dedicated father. (laughs) And like John I'm is like, (laughs)
2: he's a real person too. Like Klaus Barbie is actually an SS butcher of Leon. Like all of what they're saying, the bad stuff is actually
0: true but jewish dad in this museum yeah. is just so like
1: <laughs> his eyes do a double take when he when they say it too that that's the best part.
0: so it's not just john's face because great physical acting on john's part but good shot I love, yes. and then the two <laughs> the two neo-nazis on either side of are just perfect uh best scene cassie
1: keep it on with the nazi like that whole play out of that and just the storyline because we didn't really talk about how when they're in the car they find lipstick and then yeah, save a that's how it, lipstick. yeah, just how they put that all together is just so it's good storytelling and how they end up with the lipstick on his lip and then the cigarette lighter flying into his mouth so that he can't talk and ending at a World War II veterans thing.
0: That is one of those moments where I was laughing so hard and my side yeah. hurt because I was already having yeah. a fun time because mm-hmm. of things that were happening but I never even for a minute expected them to walk out on stage in front of World War II veterans and and sound like Hitler as he's trying to explain himself, he's waving his hands around. Yeah, and he starts
1: doing that and you're just, you're gone. (laughs) You can't play Hitler's harmonica. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm Mrs. Hitler. (laughs) Is that, okay,
0: I got it. Is that Hitler's harmonica at the end that he's, uh, John Lovitz is playing with Smash Mouth? Yes. I thought so. It is. Okay. My best scene is going to go to, um, Wait. Did I skip you again?
2: You did, but that's fine. Carry I'm, I'm just so, so excited about this you're, movie. You're afraid I'm going to take your thing, so carry on.
0: Uh, okay, I'll, I'll leave that in this time. My best scene in the movie is uh, definitely Dwayne and Blaine Cody taking up the aircraft traffic control tower. It's it's probably the hardest laugh I've ever had in a movie theater. I, everybody around me was laughing hysterically at the, what they were doing and then the physical motion of this car getting pulled up. The song being played was just perfect, which was, what was that song?
2: I Believe in Miracles. No, no,
0: nice. no. The course. Oh, uh,
2: in, in the Hall of the Mountain King.
0: Yeah, yeah, I just everything was perfect here, and I was just laughing so hysterically. And to be in a theater full of people laughing hysterically, it just—it was one of my favorite movie moments ever. So, chat. So you're glad I let you go first because that was going to be mine. But
2: you know what? I'm going to throw out Mr. Grisham at talking to Vicky. <laughs> I love that scene where it just, it's this slow burn escalation of, okay, we're naked. She's like, yeah. Sounds I'm, good so I, far. I, I'm a hooker. It's like, we're wearing sailor hats. All right. That's a little weird. And a jacuzzi full of Pepto-Bismol. And, and then she starts
0: really starting to slow down. <laughs> i clip your toe or you, you clip know, I, my toenails yeah, yeah
2: i clip your toenails she's like uh this is a weird party he's like you shave my buttocks <laughs> what let's see <laughs> well for that uh, kind of
0: party let's see uh naked sailor hats pepto-bismol Bismol. trimming clip nails clip toenails shave uh, buttocks, shave buttocks
2: yeah (laughs) that's gonna be about two thousand dollars and then they thought
1: two thousand dollars two thousand (laughs) dollars mr (laughs) kamichi oh man i like when they're uh doing the chocolates when they're testing yes the coconut Coconut. (laughs) who had coconut
0: (laughs) oh the random that's my favorite one that's a great running sketch yeah it, and it sets up so well to that later line of, like, the hooker has the money.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Gets him in trouble. See? That's what happened. Gamble.
0: <laughs> change one thing. Cassie.
1: Yeah. Oh, change one thing in the movie? Um. Uh, it would. It would be to change the opening, but I liked your description of how it needed to have a slower opening to then ramp up to what it was. So I'll still stick with, like, the opening could have been a little different.
0: Do you want more laughs in the opening, or do you just want to... Do you feel like you can trim down by establishing who these characters are? I think I wanted them to
1: open with a different person or to not... Because they were almost like following Nick this movie, like he was kind of the one that opens at the beginning, and
0: Mary calls him the main guy, and I'm always like, yeah, "There is no main guy. He, what are you talking about?" I
1: kind of see him as the main guy, and so I, I think he should not be at all a main guy. No, shouldn't. I wish they would have blended him in a little better. So he should be our captain.
0: Do you not want to? See, do you not? <laughs> do you want to cut out the part where they're gambling, maybe, and like they just walk in a room and say like, "We have these coins." Like, do you not want to see them? No, I
1: like the openings. I like all of the openings. I think I just didn't want Nick's first.
0: Okay. Yeah, oh, oh, you, mean, oh you, you mean the very 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 first yeah set. i'm
1: talking about like the oh. very first you introduce and he's checking out of the hotel and he's like i'm going back to chicago here take a yeah. paper like i sure. could i could have done without all that stuff
2: you've got to have seth green with the like charity jar of quarters like that that they're is putting
1: great. in. and then shot glass him. was pretty good all, all of you. the other openings are hilarious because I might break you got my neck <laughs> yeah, they slip on the glass it's and It's true, fall. but it's
0: a risk I'm willing to take. Yeah,
1: like all of those are funny, and Nick's just wasn't funny enough for me.
0: Okay, and I think that's a good causality. Yeah. It sets up how they all got there. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a slot machine random. And
1: all of their openings are kind of like chuckles. They're not quite hilarious yet. That's what I'm
0: talking about. It's like warming the engine up. Yeah,
1: Nick's wasn't a chuckle. His was just kind of like... Mm.
0: You get acquainted with each of these characters that way. Yeah. I think we just don't like Nick's character as much as probably one of the reasons that's we're saying it. That's pretty this. much it. Yeah, that's fair, yeah.
1: Sorry, Nick.
0: He's the stuffy business guy. What do you want to? I mean, and he played his part guy. well. I'll give him that. Yeah, uh, Chad. What about you? Change one thing. I don't want a talking cow. Um,
2: it's it's fun when so it's
0: up in the air when it hits the bus. Yeah, it says, help me for oh. the love of God, help me! I just want it to moo desperately or something. I didn't know it talked. Yeah. Mary said the same thing. She didn't realize that. Didn't oh it? Cause my God! Yeah. We it and I showed her. She goes, "Isn't that the guy tied the rope?" Is like. Where is he to be found in this scene? So she's like the cow's talking because I she really didn't trust me on that one. And uh, huh. one of the cut scenes that I'm glad they did cut was the cow was at the end of the like uh, was at the end of the movie talking to a policeman of like what ha- now tell me what happened and the cow was like repeating their accounts. So I'm really glad they cut that because they oh, had more talking wow. cow. Uh, so yeah. Jerry Zucker already pulled back on the talking cow.
1: He was driving the car that could have been. Was... I think
0: the cow hitting the bus is fun, but I, again, if John Leguizamo like hitting the, the front of the bus saying like. Get me off of this balloon! That would be even funnier. That was a
1: good
0: one. I would also pick the cow, so... Sorry. We're, we are just <laughs> so, too... You, yeah, a lot of overlap <laughs> here. Um, so, I'm going to say I would like to have the bad guy who had his gas station pulled over. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, because I like that moment like, of like, If the Lord doesn't like how I do business, <laughs> may he smite me now. And then, like, that's really awesome. His gas station gets... Uh, Knockdown. I would like to see maybe the cow like fall on him at the end, like as he's like standing oh. in front of his place and like one. I want one more bad thing to happen to that guy because <laughs> he's truly despicable. Yeah, That's a tra- good one. He searched so. a ton for that repair. Yes, and use that cow one more time. And there's like <laughs> trade
1: off for talking. Just drop him on the
0: drop him on the mean guy. garage guy. That's, there we go. That that was spontaneous. I had I had talking cow written here, and I was like, oh, I got to come up with something else now. Uh, best quote, Cassie.
1: Cool. I'm getting goose pimples. <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> Chad? Going with Enrico Polini as well. I say this probably weekly with my wife, and she does too. It's a race. It's a race. I'm weaning. I'm weaning. <laughs> so we go down the stairs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, looks like Enrico Polini is going to have a sweep here. I'm going with a different one because uh, I'm an architect, and Cassie will appreciate this one too. It's spatial related. <laughs> he, goes, he comes in going, Am I late? I won a gold coin. Isn't it wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Wow, an amazing room. Have you seen this room? And then Randy or John Levinson's character goes, yes, we're in it. That
1: was a good one too. Really
0: good. Sometimes when I think of an impressive space, I'll look over to Mary and I'll say, look at this room.
1: (laughs) Have you seen this room?
0: I say that more than you would think that I say it.
1: So. He says, too, uh, when they're in the ambulance, he, he, there's a shiny nickel in yeah. the in the heart, and then the heart falls on the floor, and he's like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I say that a lot, too, when someone's freaking out. I get it.
0: I get it. What's that? A, a, a nickel. A shiny nickel. <laughs> I love the fact that he then later throws the heart to the dog. Like the dog delivers him. This is so Looney Tunes. Like he just thinks it's a ball. He's like, go get it. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I'm now angry at the critics for being 49% on this one. Uh, That's a setup as we go through. Cassie, is there anything you want to plug though?
1: A recent funny TV show that I've gotten into is uh, Creek. (laughs) Um, perfect and it is it is hilarious it's actually on MTV but they put the latest seasons on Netflix and they're great because they're half hour shows so they're like a quick little burst of comedy and then you can go about your day
0: Mm. TJ from the uh uh, Death Becomes Her episode and from the Blue Velvet episode. He's he's recommended this one to me on multiple occasions. Really? I, I need to see this. So. You should
1: watch. It's pretty good.
0: Catherine O'Hare, isn't it, right? Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. basically
1: the reverse of uh, Beverly Hillbillies where rich people lose all their money and have to move to a really poor town. Huh. Um. I haven't heard it described to me quite yeah. like that.
0: That's, uh, that's, that's interesting. It's
1: the reverse. So they have no money and so it's all of these like Does yuckety... the show keep its momentum? Yeah.
0: With such a simple concept? Well,
1: yeah, because the first season you're just totally absorbed with them not fitting in and it's great. And then they do start to, you, you care for them. They get a personality and kind of start to make a life with what they have now. So it's it's good.
0: Good plug. I like it. Moment of truth on a five-star scale, half-star intervals. What would you rate Rat Rays? Five. Easy. I like it. Chad, oh, man.
2: I've got to go 4.5. Uh, I love it, but things like I don't. The love. talking cow alone gets it docked a no, half a star. The talking cow does not. But who let the dogs out? Aww. And the Smash Mouth concert. The, what? Yep. Yeah, I I do not
0: like. I'm the shocked Smash. your change one thing. Wasn't uh, changing out Smash Mouth for who? Who was the flavor of 2001 that you would have rather have had in here? Yeah. No one. I would not do this. How would you have ended it then? Do you want to see Casey and the Sunshine Band out there? Yes. Yes. Oh, come on. Crowd
1: surfing to the end of a Smash Mouth song. Brilliant.
0: This is weird,
2: though. This is my third favorite movie with all-star featured in it. It was everywhere. Mystery Men? Yes, Mystery Men would be number two, and Shrek was number one.
1: Oh, Oh, Shrek. They did have it in Shrek. So
2: it was everywhere, and I just... uh, I'm... I'm over
0: smashing <laughs> I'm I was just so nostalgic for the song at the time. I liked it. It just reminds me of a happy time. It reminds me of this movie. Same. So. Yeah. And I honestly have the Baja men performing Rat Race on my MP three just because the song Rat Race, you know, makes me happy because of the movie. <laughs> is it a great piece of music? I don't know. But it just makes me happy. Yeah. No, it is not, sir, but that's fine. <laughs> the endorphins that's in not. my brain say yes.
2: <laughs> it's fine. It's fine, but four and a half is a great rating. It's I a great rating. movie.
0: I'm with Cassie. This is a five. This is in my. I'm not. Uh, this is in my top ten comedies. I really go back to this one that often. I really, really enjoy it. I think that it got slammed for being too much of a mad, 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 crazy world, or, or sorry, mad, 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 world. I don't. I, I literally cannot think of under for a minute why you would knock this movie. It's just so well written, as John Cleese put well. So, and there are different kinds of comedy in this. So there's the physical. There's the there's the um, situational situational. facial expressions yeah and so you can get turned off by like renting a movie called afro babes but then laugh at like getting pulled up an air traffic control tower but maybe you would laugh at the inverse of that and so there's i feel like there's something here for everybody except for chad's parents do you want to tell that story real quick oh
2: man (laughs) this is the movie that you can show to everyone but my parents don't typically like movies so i thought this is the safest thing that i could possibly show everyone's going to like it. They did not laugh once. It was over. And my dad's like, that was stupid. And that was the last time we watched anything together ever again. Oh.
1: Wow. It was very traumatizing. How long, when was that?
2: Oh, I, I just started dating my wife. So like 2006, <laughs> 2007. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's been 12,
0: 13 years. Wow. I don't, Love you, Mom and I Dad. Think- I just
2: don't know why this didn't work.
0: <laughs> Again, maybe they're maybe they're with the critics on this one. Are your parents movie critics, by the way?
2: No. they. they-
0: I suspect they are because there can't be that many people who don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chad, do you want to help me pick a movie for next time? I would love to. Next time, we're going to do a Veterans Day uh, special. So we're having a real veteran come in and we're going to look at some more military kind of movies. So option number one, The Patriot from 2000. A peaceful farmer, Benjamin Martin, is driven to lead the colonel militia during the American Revolution when the sadistic British officer murders his son. Uh, Option two, Saving Private Ryan from 1998. Following the Normandy landings, a group of U.S. soldiers go behind enemy lines to retrieve a paratrooper whose brothers have been killed in action. Option three, We Were Soldiers from 2002. The story of the first major battle of the American phase of the Vietnam War, and the soldiers on both sides that fought it, while their wives wait nervously and anxiety at home for the good news and the bad news. Chad, what's it going to be? The Patriot, which I hear might be a little bit inaccurate. It is uh, very it's...
2: historically accurate. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I wrote my master's degree around this subject. It is
0: perfect. Okay. Uh, saving Private Ryan, which uh, may be a little more accurate than The Patriot. Oh, and then... not,
2: even, not even close. It's a... Uh...
0: And then We Were Soldiers.
2: Uh, I think... Let's go with We Were Soldiers. I haven't seen that in a while. Perfect.
0: And Cassie, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure.
0: And Chad, thank you. And to all the lords, ladies, and knights of the Retro Movie Roundtable, we invite you to reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Those Apple podcast reviews in particular are the number one things that help the show. It's the number one provider for podcasts, and if you can do that for us, that'll help other people find us, and we really appreciate those. Give us a like on Facebook. That's the best way to interact with us and to let us know if you like the movies, and we'd like to hear your thoughts. Uh, follow us on twitter at @movie_retro. movie underscore retro email us at retromovieroundtable@yahoo.com. yahoo.com if you want to go into a little more depth suggest any movies or if you want to be on this show as always thank you for listening be good to each other and watch more movies chat i make a joke to help you forget how screwed you are